All right. Uh, welcome to this week's edition of Camp Podcast, Camp Movie Podcast, Movie Camp. We don't podcast. have a name yet. We don't have a name the Barbie, yet. Yeah. The Barbie uh, Dreamhouse Podcast. The Barbie Beamhouse. Darko Malboy and friends. Actually, Darko Malboy is pretty. That's a pretty good name. <laughs> the Darko Malboy Movie if we Podcast. Darko Malboy. I'm gonna have to nominate several Harry Potter. If you nominate a Harry Potter movie, I'm going to see. Like maybe, like maybe that's like a theme. I like less miserables. Less miserables. (laughs) I I like Darko Malboy movie podcast. Movie podcast. Yeah, you know what? That's like weird enough that maybe it'll survive this era of unenlightenment. So yeah, Darko Malboy movie podcast is a good name. I'm here for that. Darko Malboy's movie and friends podcast. No, Darko Malboy, colon, movie podcast. Colon, friends. <laughs> Darko Malboy's movie podcast. Yeah, DMMP. It's pretty Do great. Welcome to Darko Malboy movie podcast. Colon, friends. Colon, camp movie podcast. Colon, Darko Matt Malboy. Now Julie is just the one doing the, the intro now. This is, yeah, this, Ju- is this is on Julia. She yeah. did this Julia. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Darko Malboy movie podcast, where today... We watched La Miz. I dreamed a dream in time gone by And hope was high, life worth living I dreamed that love would never die I dreamed that God Serial voice. It's a, I was gonna say it's a good movie, but I know that it's not. And when I got the opportunity to say, "Hey, you can make make three other people watch a movie," I said, "You know what movie? The Miz." You know Two, what? Four, That's six, also why one. I picked it. Yeah. Oh, that was actually pretty good. Why? So why do you like this movie so much? Um, <laughs> she saw it when she was twelve. Yeah, mostly that, but also because I really like the. Plays. I've watched the 10th and 20th anniversary concerts like several times. They're musicals. Yeah, that's a play with music. No, no, they're musicals. During the prostitute part, I was kind of like, I can't believe they do this in high schools. They just cut that shit out. The Fontaine part's the best part of the movie. 
Yeah, it's like the like the redeeming part of the movie is. It was literally the only. Character. Well, that and I mean, he, Wolverine carrying not only things on his shoulders but the entire plot on his shoulders was pretty great most of the time. <laughs> like, if that's not a metaphor for just how this whole film worked. Wait, 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 wait! Julia's supposed to be telling us why it's good, and then we'll rip it to shreds. Yeah, she's sorry. Good because I love it. I know it's bad. I love it anyways because I love Lemiz. And that's it. That's the whole point. What what about it though? Um, song's good. <laughs> song's good. Song's good. Song's good. Story sometimes good. Book takes 60 hours to read. But is also good. Except for the half of it that's not about anything. Scott, you'll appreciate this. Did you know that I am 99% sure that Sasha Baron Cohen's character is the inspiration for Dario Brando? Which I literally told him when we watched part one of JoJo. I was like, oh yeah, that's Mr. Thanatier. Oh, by the way, um, my name is Scott. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. I'm Mitchell. My name's Sam. (laughs) Oh shit, we fucked Uh, up. (laughs) I nominated Les Mis because I really liked the musicals. And when the movie came out, I was like, why the fuck not? And I didn't know anything about movies back then. I didn't even know it was a bad movie for like quite a while, but songs good. Not Russell Crowe, but most songs good. Sam has a question. Yes, I do. Uh, yeah, actually, that's something I'm interested more in talking about is when did you learn this was a bad movie? Mm, I would say Probably when she started dating me. Probably then. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Some dating Mitchell gave it away. Yeah. I think at first mention, he said, what the fuck? Does dating Mitchell make everything worse? Uh, (laughs) no, but it makes a lot of things that I used to enjoy. Um, (laughs) Sour. Wow. I feel so loved. And I feel criticized, but here we are. What is a relationship if not changing others? Um, yeah, so... This is uh this is the 2012 film uh not to be confused with the other 10 um or so productions of this in film. Right, the Schoolhouse Rock one's really good. And then also the one that came out last year which actually isn't about the book. It's a documentary. It's a documentary. Uh, yeah. So this movie has 8 Academy Award nominations. And three wins. Best Supporting Actress, Best Makeup and Hairstyling, and Best Sound Mixing. It's got a 70% on Rotten Tomatoes, which isn't horrible, but it's not great. I think it made decent money, but it's not... You made good money. Yeah. It earned $150 million It was a Christmas in, in movie. US. Yeah. So that's pretty good. Um, it came out on Christmas Day. So, it was a Christmas movie. Anyways, um, so yeah, uh, let's get right into questions, questions here. here. Really quick uh, though, I need to insert, yeah. this cannot become a conversation about cats. Touch me, it's so easy to leave me. I know. I know where it's going to go, and I need to You lay- can't talk about Tom Hooper without talking about cats. 
So yeah. as, as they're referencing, this is directed by Tom Hooper, the famous Tom Hooper, um, also starring Hugh Jackman, Russell Crowe, Anne Hathaway, Amanda Seyfried, Eddie Redmayne, Helena Bonham Carter, and Sasha Baron Cohen. So yeah, Michael Girlfriend and with. Borat are our comedic support. Yeah, my name is Borat. Sweeney Todd. Um. All right, first question. Um, obviously, some of this was sung badly. Um, by certain people. That I may see him safe behind bars. I will never rest. Was the singing enough to take you out of the actual movie and like make it worse somehow? I found when Russell Crowe first opened his voice, I laughed. Opened his voice? Opened his mouth. <laughs> that I may see him safe behind Opened his nose. Opened his nose. Two, four, six, oh, one. When we first heard that man (laughs) yell through his nose, I laughed. I know, I've been new that Russell Crowe was bad, but that's about all I knew. Um, I think it's funny. I think it's a good way to have a laugh during the movie. That could have been the comic relief all in of itself, but. That I may see him. I think the rest are fine. What if it was Borat instead of him? Ooh. Spicy. I'm tr- I'm thinking about how to do how to yell two four six oh one in a Borat voice and a two four six oh one. Yeah, yeah, there we go. And Julie and I were discussing this earlier. Apparently they gave Russell Crowe a solo that does not exist in the play yeah. in the form of stars when he's on top of the building. Yeah. Apparently that doesn't happen. So for some reason, Tom Hooper was like, You know what this need, this movie needs? I'm going to take the guy who who is the worst singer by far here, and I'm gonna give him his own number. Give him his moment. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna let this roll. My favorite moment with him uh was uh there's this pressing that they do on his face. I don't know. It sticks out to me uh, just because it's like the cheapest. Yes, it's like the cheapest shot of the whole movie. Like in the factory, you're like, he like, like Wolverine comes in in a hat and Anne Hathaway's in like a pink dress and like getting like beat around by the other hookers in the factory. And he's like, no, this is bad. And he like looks up into like the rafters and like looking through a window is like Mozart's dad. Uh, Javier just like staring in and it like does like a quick little smash cut and like presses into him like leaning through the wind. It's amazing. I I paused it. I waited for my mom to come back in. Rewatched that part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. The I yeah, the camera work of this movie was often left me screaming at. He screamed for most of it. Yeah, there's, fish I mean, eye, the fact that th- the that made wild. it, oh, the fisheye during, like, the revolution part. And the extreme close-ups anytime anyone was singing. Or the fact that no one was ever center frame. They were always either on the far right with so much fucking space between, there's just, just either exposed, exposed brick <laughs> or some sort of thing there 
just sticking out and it's like tom buddy you gotta know that they eyes huge, are drawn to the center of the frame they put hugh jackman center frame a couple times for he like his solo stuff during a but it was still like a, it was still it bad but yes the cinematography was driving me insane it's absolutely terrible but i i think the singing for some parts i think there's a lot with hugh jackman where it's very clunky and you can tell that tom hooper made them do it live audio yeah but anne hathaway getting fucked in a coffin that scene the oh that singing was was good that was you, well and actually i would yeah and like wolverine singing was you can tell like hugh jackman's got his pipes you know like he's got a mastery of it and again like you know he's the character lifting things onto his shoulders not unlike the rest of this movie just carrying it along um and i i honestly i thought he did a, an amazing job and i i, I don't really have a, a, a much of a critique for him um i thought as an actor he did a great job uh he was if he was singing live that just means that he did that much more of a of he he really pulled it i think pulled this, it, this movie pulled it together um I th- he was in The Greatest Showman after this, and I can't think of... I feel like there was another one, too. But this is, like, the musical step into his career, which I did not think was going to happen. So, yeah, that was interesting. And I think this is kind of what did him well, along that path. Well, so. he had had that in his career, though, I think, prior, which is why when he hosted the Oscars, they were, like, more of a musical number, right? Yeah. Jennifer Hudson... Had that one song in Dreamgirls, and Anne Hathaway had that one song in this movie. Did that song win her an Oscar? Because she was only in the movie for like 20 minutes. Yes, the song is why she won the Oscar. I think besides her and some of the moments with Eddie Redmayne and Hugh Jackman, the singing was a debacle. But And I, I think they actually kind of said that the vocals kind of sucked and I think they were aware of that and they were just okay with that. So apparently it wasn't a big deal. Because Tom Hooper's a fucking moron. Still made a lot of fucking money, so who cares? Uh, Then he made Cat. So that kind of, that kind of canceled out any money this movie made. Hey, we're already talking about cats, folks. Well, Scott did bring um, up Jennifer Hudson. It's weird how these things keep running into each other. Um, okay, so our next question, well, sort of question. Um, this is obviously like one of the greatest pieces of literature, um, maybe top 100 or something. Um, without that being the spine of this movie, would this have been a Cats before Cats? I don't think it ever could have been a cats. No, I think I think the performances are too good. I whereas I, with cats it was you had cats was so many things going wrong. Well, that was the role that Dame Judy Dench was born to play. Dude, um, yeah, no, I this was not. I don't think this ever could have been as big of a debacle as Cats was because 
Cats was a mixture of like 15 different things coming together. A, the fact that Cats is a fucking incomprehensible mess before this happened. The digital fur technology. Tom Hooper's weird insistence on not using any mocap suits. Hi guys, welcome to the Cats podcast. I'm talking, okay. (laughs) But he asked a question and I'm answering it. And I'm saying that this, this movie is much more competent because I feel like Tom Hooper... I, he, he's not a musical guy, but he he knows what to do in certain spaces. Whereas with Cats, he did not. I would disagree. I don't think it's more competent because of Tom Hooper. I think it's more competent because of of the book. I think I think Tom Hooper's more competent in this movie because he's working with stuff that he's familiar with, as opposed to Cats, where he was just baffled by the fact that you put in temporary animation. Well, it's like working, I mean, it's he's working with Andrew Lloyd Webber when he works with the cats, and in this he's working with those other two dudes who wrote this, and it's just, you know, better. I feel like, though, without the book, this would be fucking boring. Like, it wouldn't be worth the few and far between really good performances, because no one would want to sit through two and a half hours of it if it wasn't based on the book and the a book. beloved play. Well, well, and the book is like, you know, an epic piece of melodrama, right? Yeah. It's like a thousand pages. Yeah. A a lot of fucking filler content in it. I'm just saying there are, there are performances in this movie that are farcical, like to the point where they should have been made fun of. And I don't think they were because this was much more serious than Cats. Cats, the musical is a shit show of its own. I think this is much more serious and therefore is harder to become the shit storm that cats became but like again with cats is they casted like names but they like russell crowe and hugh jackman and anne hathaway and all those people are like actually like either okay to good actors the names they cast well they're dramatic actors yeah the names they cast in cats were rebel wilson or hey what famous people uh the fat guy that hosts the night show james corden james corden the fat show the the fat the fat one the fat guy yeah i think he's i think him or fallon are my least favorite human beings um no but i'm just i'm saying i don't think this ever could have been a cats level debacle even if things had gone completely off the rails because cats was 30 different things going wrong this could have only been like a couple things going wrong well, well well cats was going wrong since the beginning right like it's just like why does this exist and that's kind of the question we've always been asking and that is like in a way managed to keep cats alive until now well until like this year you know when it when it died um but you know that's what 30 years of cats and this is well over 100 where it has been kept alive yeah i just think that Cats was already a nightmare-fueled fever dream, whereas this is a classic piece of literature loved by uh, millions of yeah, time. Yeah, this was easier to adapt than Cats. I will agree yeah. with that. I think that like something good to maybe compare it to is uh, uh, Mary Shelley, right? Frankenstein. So this guy wrote Les Mis, and he wrote um, uh, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, and uh, you have Shelley's Frankenstein uh, kind of other stuff as well but like Shelley's Frankenstein I think is maybe more of a timeless tale than this is and they were written around the same time from what I remember I have to look it up but 
I, I believe they were contemporaries. And I believe that Victor Hugo did write gothic novels that were nowhere near as, I mean, we don't really know his, we know his like romantic stuff. We don't really know his gothic stuff as, as much I, I, other than The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Um, but Shelley's Frankenstein, I think probably lives more in our culture than 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 this does. Yeah, I I would agree actually. So. Yeah, but I I would say that it's not book Frankenstein that lives on. It's the Boris Karloff Frankenstein. It's meh, fire, you know? It's it's the no, universal I, movie. I think her um well and her husband. Um I think uh what's the play? Um also, the fact that these are both probably public domain. Who is the guy who stole the fire? Prometheus. The yeah, Prometheus. Prometheus uh, bound kind of lives more. It, I mean, at least in a well, actually, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't live more in a collective unconscious if because I think melodrama is still really, really relevant, and romanticism is still you know somehow relevant nowadays. Hey, that's that's uh, that's actually kind of where I found myself is like getting lost trying to critique this in the same way that I'm, that I'm getting lost now is that, is that I don't, I don't fully know what to dig into with this. Um, so the next question is kind of like a call and response. So I'll, uh, I'll just ask in order. Um, I myself actually like musicals for the most part. Um, which is weird. Cause I know a lot of people don't, um, what is your favorite musical and why, uh, Mitchell? Uh, oh God. Do like Disney movies count? Whatever you want to say. I, for like live action ones I've seen, uh, an American in Paris is really good. Uh, that's, it's not Gene Kelly, is it? Is it Gene Kelly? It's Gene Kelly. And Fred Astaire, right? Uh, Yes. I like that one a lot just because I think the production design of that movie is really interesting and unique. I like West Side Story. It's classic. I like Sondheim. I like what Sondheim tried to do with musicals or tries to do with musicals, uh, especially that one. Um, it's Romeo and Juliet. It's very obvious. It's sort of a classic retelling i think there's a lot of ways that that musical can be adapted um and remain relevant Uh, i think there's a lot of fun you can have with it on stage and a lot of fun you can have watching it in the audience whether it's the film uh, stage adaptation um what sondheim i think said that he tried to do with musicals when he was writing them was to avoid like when he was writing passion of the christ was any moment where the audience would applaud, he would rewrite it to avoid that kind of moment. And I think, I, don't know, I appreciate that about him as somebody who makes musicals, which I don't generally like, but I really, I, I really do. Uh, you know, I, I can still like his work and see a lot of value in it uh, just because of like, I think like what he was like personally striving for. So my favorite would be one of his early ones uh, in, uh, West Side Story. I would probably say that mine is Singing in the Rain. I think what I like, especially in movie adaptations, is the the 50s and 60s like Hollywood grandeur type stuff. That movie is wild, but I thought 
that's where this movie was going when I saw the first scene when they're in the boatyard and they're they're all pulling the thing and it was like there was a hundred people on set and then it kind of just didn't do that and I was like kind of bummed out about that um I thought it was still pretty you know like well conceived in terms of the the feeling and the setting but uh the yeah the thing I like about musicals in general is just kind of like the grandeur of it all I'm one of the people who just straight up doesn't like musicals I've never enjoyed I I just haven't I've seen surprisingly a lot but it's just not my thing until the miss which is why we're here today so that would be my favorite kind of one and only okay so uh Last of the questions, um, you know, we've been talking about this and we've kind of had some differing opinions. Is this, obviously, like I said, it was nominated for eight Academy Awards, including Best Picture. Is this movie uh, good? No. No. It's bad. Yes. <laughs> good movie. It is bad. It is bad to be. It wanted to be good so bad. It wanted to be. It fooled me. Did it? It was. It was just Oscar bait. Like it was like, what's that fucking movie with uh, Max von Sydow and the little kid, and he plays a fucking uh, incredibly close or extremely loud or whatever. You know extremely what loud, mean? incredibly close. Yeah, it's that, but a musical. It's the Blind Side, the musical. Like I was just saying, the f- the first scene, I was getting pretty excited because I was like, oh, this is like a big hollywood like spectacle and then literally from then on there was maybe an another point where there was like maybe 20 people on screen after that and i was just like oh well i guess this is just how it is but yeah i, I got well, excited that and, like, and then i got let down yeah but at the end apparently heaven is the rnc so that's cool oh yeah that's true i guess well, like i said there was it had moments <laughs> Where it was like legitimately good, but then there were some really bad moments. Like every time Russell Crowe sang, it was just so bad. But it's bad. funny. How can you not enjoy yourself? Yeah, but it's not supposed, it's not to, supposed to be funny. I know. Yeah, Stars is supposed to be like a like a oh, this is what Javert's about, and I was like, this dude sounds like a fucking idiot. Yeah, but like. Yeah, no, I I don't think this movie. I think it's fine. It Can tries I... really hard to be like a like a big Oscar baity <laughs> movie, which obviously it worked because it got eight nominations. And Hathaway can I, won. Can I ask you a yeah. weird question? Yeah. Would this movie have been better if Tim Burton had directed it? Yes. No. <laughs> no. No. It would have been worse. It would have it been, been funnier. There was a solid 15, 20 minutes where it felt like a Tim Burton movie. Are you talking about Master Yeah, House? where it's just Borat yeah. and yeah. Master of the house, doling out the charm, ready with a handshake and an open palm. Tells a saucy tale, makes a little stir. Customers appreciate the bond fever. That lasted a lot longer than I thought it would too. Like you think you would think that scene would be like quick, in and out. They're an upsetting large part of the movie. Yeah. Well they show up again too. Like like near the end and then at the end, yeah. The entire Paris section felt like a Tim Burton movie to me. In terms of a feel, 
and it's bad. That's not good. That's not. I don't think that's what they were going for. That's not what Paris is actually like. It's a lot meaner. Because <laughs> the French only and funnily enough, at the end of the movie, Jean Valjean just dies of like, oh, I'm sad. Only a Frenchman could die of being sad. Right. He dies of Catholic or guilt. Madala. Or yes. Padamame or Pandabear or whatever the hell her name was. Okay, so now that we've aired our grievances, um, I will go through the the people here out of ten stars. Now, out of ten, um, Russell Crowe's. Uh, how many do you give this, Mitchell? Uh, it's like a solid like five and a half. Five point seven eight Russell Crowe's getting into fights of Azalea Banks. Sam? I thought fine was a good way to describe it, so I'm going to give it uh, five pop-pop bams out of uh, ten. Um, I'll, I'm going to give it man reference. six uh, Russell Crowe's. I actually liked it more than I thought I would. Other than the parts that I hated, I thought like 50% <laughs> of it was good. 50? I'm going to downgrade to a four. <laughs> to balance that they out. just bring it to a solid five, Julia. It's Julia. nine for me, folks. A nine? I really oh, like nine. it. Nine? No, I'm going to a three. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> just because it's one of those movies. It's just one of those it's just one of those movies for me. And it doesn't matter how bad it is. I'm still gonna enjoy myself every time I watch it. I just got done saying I, I like musicals and that shit was brutal and I still gave it a six. So, and it was, so, can we talk about how long it was? Holy shit. I'm sorry about that. folks. Yeah. I kind of forgot. It's, it's super cool how we spend like really half an hour with characters who just don't matter. Like, That's yeah. the book though. You spend half the book with characters that don't matter. Well, they really give you your money's worth. That's all right. Ran- random that length. Random thoughts and emotions and feelings. Oh. Um, I keep calling Eponine Eponia and Cassette Corset, so... Also, can we talk about how when Tom Hooper wants to show impending death, he just puts coffins in the middle of the frame? Fucking smack dab in the middle. That kid... That kid yeah. was fucking trying to get everyone killed. Gavroche? Yeah. He was he was that exciting shit the whole time. No, I yeah I in the barricades. He's a little capitalist. It makes a lot of sense. In the in the, <laughs> in the barricades, uh, there's the two coffins, the big one and the little one. Which wow, Tom, very subtle, very cool. I loved it. Listen, here are our two normal coffins. Here is our baby coffin. <laughs> and then literally, Anne Hathaway is getting plowed in a coffin in the ship too, because you know she's about to die. It's symbolism, folks. It's like poetry. It rhymes. Cloud is quite the word for that. Anakin is in the light, and Obi-Wan is in the dark the last time they speak. That's uh, that's so poetic, George. Javert is a funnier character than we've ever had. Can we? What about the uh, color in the film? That was weird, right? Do you mean how it would go from incredibly dark to blinding overexposure? To, like, way too much, like, orange and red Instagram filter? Whoever the cinematographer is for this should should not work again. He's it was really bad. It was like shockingly, it was really bad. shockingly bad. Inability, a lot of like 
or like I guess a lot of it's on Tom Hooper as well. Just not putting anything in the center of the frame. Like no, at no point is is Javert ever like dead on in frame. He is always to the far right and just obstructing people when they're the only person on screen and on the far side of the screen. There's one of Eponine and Marius where Eponine is like singing and then her face is just obstructed by a stone pillar. Okay, I get, I get that you're saying that the cinematography is bad, but the actual like makeup and costumes and no, not the costumes. This was nominated for best costume design, my guy. It was best. Well, thought, yeah, but it, I thought the it, costume it was nominated for that was the makeup. only thing that was good about the whole. I I disagree. I think I think that like if you look at like especially like the uh, Borat, if you look at Sasha Baron Cohen's like <laughs> it's 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 Borat. It's it's just Borat in a different in a different place. Um, but like his uh like costume at the beginning like his like poor guy costume where it's like the collars like stitched together from like different things like that that's in in it, it looks like something that was made like in a that was the tim burton like a, like the a theater production yeah it, it, it does look very like kind of like tim burton kind of like cartoony uh and i think like maybe that's a lot of this kind of comes across as cartoony a lot right? of this movie reminded me of like a like a really like underwhelming Baz Luhrmann movie. Like, I feel like it should be like more over the top than it is because like, especially the scene with Fontaine where she's like becoming a hooker and they all just pop out. That felt like something out of like a Baz Luhrmann movie. Like that would be something in Moulin Rouge. Yeah. I, it was like, it was, he was, he's trying to be realistic, but like, he'll do this weird, like, like it doesn't fit in with the tone he's going for. At what point are we watching a musical or are we watching a movie, right? And trying to like straddle that line. I think maybe they would have been more successful if they just went with one of the two and either filmed the musical or shot a film. Um, maybe shooting a film would have been, you would have given up a lot on some of those elements. Um, but I think you probably would have made something that stood the test of time a lot stronger than this will probably. Yeah, I don't know if I even fully consider this to be a, a real actual movie in my head, so much as an experience. That's a good way to describe it. <laughs> yeah. Perfect for a movie podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so, Julia, do you want to give your final conclusion? I guess that kind of was close to it, but you can expand on that a little bit. It's about the journey and the friends you make along the way. And some of those friends Maybe less are miserable upsetting. were the friends we made along the way. Maybe the less miserables were the friends we made along the way. The the miserables? I feel like if we were gonna, <laughs> you know, do a revolution, you would be those guys singing that stupid ass black as night song or whatever the fuck they were saying. <laughs> yeah. And let's just remember Marius didn't die because he was just looking for just the smallest crumb of pussy. He's just going up to oh, him. Oh, we didn't talk about Wolverine. Saying, Excuse uh, me, miss. May, uh, may I have just the smallest ounce of pussy? In the book, he like full-blown stalks her to the point where uh, Jean Valjean thinks he's a Javert spy. And he fucking moves. Oh. 
And then Eponine, oh, Eponine. That's like way hot. For the uh, smallest crumb of pussy. Eponine dies for just the smallest crumb of dick. That's, yeah. Dude, the most cucked character of all time. Oh, yeah, shit. That's pretty sad, yeah. Okay, wait, hang on. What about, did we talk about, like, the, the sewers? We did not. Was that supposed to be shit on them? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we didn't but talk about, like, Dookie Wolverine. But it was potting soil. It's just <laughs> pure straight from Home Depot potting soil. It was Dookie Wolverine, <laughs> which is you know what I was missing from the original musical. I'm glad they added that into the movie. Yeah, yeah, dragging future Harry Potter boy through. Okay, well I think um, that about does it. Then um, what are we're gonna watch something a lot? In the same vein as this, um, it's an experience, so that's exciting. It's gonna Scott. Yeah. What are you picking? What are you picking? Uh, Buckaroo Bonsai. Oh, okay. You oh, good. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah. So I wanted to watch that. <sighs> you scared me for experience. a second. Yeah. Also an experience, though, definitely. Um, there's a lot better singing in that movie, I would say, actually. Yeah. They kick, that scene kicks so much ass. I'm so excited to talk about that. <laughs> all right. And on that note, I we will, will bid you all good night and goodbye from the Darko Malboy movie podcast. I think it would be bidding you adieu in this case. Adieu. 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 Should we do a sign-off? This is Darko Malboy signing off. I'm Darko Malboy, and I'm signing off. I'm Darko Malboy. My name is Mitchell, and I'm Darko Malboy.